I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It is Saturday night in the movie. Definitely right, because we had one hell of a fight night. This is the Walkway to Fight Club. I am Stephen Milhausen, writer for DAZN and SportingNews.com. The man to the right, the handsomest man in combat sports journalism, the best-looking man in this video, the man who also feels that Roman Reigns is a better oh. wrestler than Asuka. I'm just going to get that in. <laughs> My man, D.Y. Daryl Rivera. What's shaking, man? Um, Not much. Good fight night card. And then, obviously, amazing intro, I guess, with being mis- misquoted <laughs> per usual. But it is what it is. No, no, come on. Just just admit you said it. It's I did okay. not say that. What it's I okay. said, what, what I said, what I said was you gave Oscar Mickey James. Roman Reigns might as well get Sheamus so he can get so he can so Sheamus can, you know, get him over as a badass heel that he should be. I never at one point said that Roman Reigns is a superior wrestler. At no point did I say that. You know, I was talking to a lot of people. And a lot of people that were watching, I'm sorry, man. They were telling me, they're like, what is with Rivera? Thinking Roman Reigns is a better wrestler than Asuka. The The people have spoken, Rivera. The people listened to you saying that I said that. I didn't say that. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, man. I promise you it's okay. You don't you're not buying it? No, I'm too sober for this shit right now. <laughs> now you actually watched Fight Night in a cool way. Tell before we get into everything. Actually, let's get into all the particulars really quickly before we before we discuss that. 
If you're watching via YouTube, it's real simple, guys. Hit that subscribe channel. Subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club YouTube channel and like the video. It'll be greatly appreciated. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a question and a comment. If you're watching via Facebook, on Facebook Live, it's real simple, guys. Give your reaction to how you feel about the video. And also, like the Walkway to Fight Club and follow us as well. An entertaining UFC fight night from the Apex out in Las Vegas. You watched it in a very cool way. Tell the people watch how you watch it tonight because I was extremely jealous. So we actually went, uh, me and Kayla went over to my buddy's house, Kevin, because uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to work in my, in my place. It wasn't going to – I don't think it was going to stream. So we went, ended up going over there, put the ESPN Plus login, got a table out there, got a TV outside, and had a bonfire going. Like it's gorgeous outside. Let's have a bonfire, you know, get some get some beers, get some pizza, and oh. let's let's enjoy this. We got some rosatis, we got beer. Ooh. And it was it was fun. It was a fun time. We got some hot chocolate after with a little bit of uh Bailey's on it too. Hey, I want some Bailey. It was it was a pretty fun night. Pretty fun night. Awesome, man. Now I watched it with by myself. With my two dogs, well, my two dogs, and I was telling you, fight nights. I enjoy fight nights because my family's always here. My family was not here today, and that made me pretty sad. So it was a, and I didn't know what to expect from this evening, and it turned out to be pretty damn entertaining. How would you rate the show on a scale of one to ten? I give it an eight. I give it an A just because it was entertaining matches. There were some some matches that I'm like, some fights that were like, I don't know what you were doing there. And I'm looking at, uh, couple, I'm looking mainly at the prelims and everything because those were the main ones that I was focused on. The main events were just good. The entire card was good. It was a fun card to watch, fun fight night. And that's a rare thing nowadays. Now, you had 10 out of 14 fights going to us ending in stoppage. How was they to eat? I didn't I wasn't the biggest fan of the main event. Wow. Wow, you brought it up. We're here. The main event. Colby Covington puts a seal on the rivalry with Tyron Woodley, routes him. To stop him via fifth round TKO, Woodley suffered what appeared to be a rib injury. I'm not really sure yet. I've been I'm trying to find out what is exactly going on with Tyron Woodley. He was on his way to the medical facility, from what I'm told. I don't know if he actually went, but that's what I was told of what is actually happening right now with Tyron Woodley. But why did you not like the performance by Col- by Colby Covington? What was wrong with the main event in your mind? It wasn't the performance that Kobe Covington put up. It was the performance that Tyron Woodley put up. It was. It reminded me back of when we saw Woodley versus Burns a couple months ago. Everybody came in. It's like, oh, well, this should, this should be an easy Woodley fight, um, like a tune-up. Let's get him ready for somebody else. And we got forty-year-old Tyron Woodley that looked like he didn't belong. 
And that's exactly what we got here. And props to Covington. Covington came in, did the job, and that's it. In my opinion, he should have done the job a little earlier because Tyron Woolley was, again, passive. He was not doing what he's known to do, which is being aggressive, going after it. He stayed passive. Covington went after him. My opinion should have ended him sooner, but all to himself. And in my opinion, the main event wasn't even the best. In my opinion, wasn't the best match on the card, on the main card, but it was still entertaining. I mean, like I said, it's an eight. 80 out of 10, that's a B. I'm not trashing the main event. This is a more than a B. Man. What do you guys think here for everyone that's bouncing in here? Daryl rates in an eight. I rated a 10. You couldn't have asked for anything more here. You got 14 fights. You know, people want to criticize WWE when they do six, seven-hour pay-per-views. The UFC does this every single Saturday, and no one complains. So I want to get that, like, right out of the, right out of the way here because that annoys me more than anything else when people complain about UFC shows or WWE shows. I always go back to UFC. 10 of the 14 fights ended in stoppage. We had a majority draw in the co-main event. Then you had two split decisions. And then a unanimous decision. That's a pretty damn entertaining card, Rivera. It's an eight. What like would I said, be, what would be a I 10? was, I was open. If Tyron Woodley would have came out to fight like only, you know, like the former Tyron Woodley would, then this would have been a 10 out of 10. In my opinion, it was a one-sided main event, and that's what draw like brought my rating down. How, but how was that Colby Covington's fault? It's not. I never said it was his fault. You know, because I said and, he came in, he did his job, and it is what it is. And leave your question in comments, guys. We've got a lot of people bouncing in here. We appreciate it a lot. It's greatly appreciated. Leave questions, leave comments. Watching on Facebook, like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. Follow the page. Leave a reaction, and also if you're watching via YouTube, subscribe to the channel and also like the video and give it a thumbs up. The whole complexion of the fight changed. It was about a little more than halfway in. Woodley went for a right hand. The the opening moments were going okay. It seemed like Woodley was starting to get into a rhythm, Daryl. And then the whole fight changed, and that double leg takedown, that was the – and normally, I don't agree with Dominic Cruz. But when I'm sitting there watching that, I agreed with him. I'm like, and I was texting that to a couple people, and I'm like, this fight, and my, I had someone text it to me right away, someone pretty high up in the in the industry, and they're like, it changed right there. That Woodley doesn't, Woodley doesn't look the same now. Beautiful double leg takedown. Even though Woodley got up, he kept fighting back against the cage. He was gun shy off of one missed right hand and a boom, double leg takedown. It was over. It was all she wrote after that. And it was all Colby Covington. And we, you had, we like him or not. And I know he's a very polarizing guy. Me and you have talked about Colby before and how polarizing he is. And people say he's a, Poor man's Chael Sonnen, a poor man's Conor McGregor. He may be a poor man's everything. 
But that what all Colby Covington knows how to do is win. And you have to give him credit for the fact he knows how to sell the fight. It pisses people off. But you know what, though? When he's not talking, he's working his ass off. And we cannot take that away from him. How we feel about him on a personal level is totally irrelevant. And people can people can call him the poor man's McGregor, poor man's Shaw Sonnen. But Kobe Covington, lately, he's moving the needle. Fuck. He's a draw. He's a draw. He is. I have the numbers to back up. I've been covering this guy since he started becoming a draw. This guy moves the needle. Whether we like it or not. We repubbed the article from my interview with Colby Covington. It fucking exploded. On zone News. On zone.com forward slash news. Blew up. Our fight preview blew up. This guy's a draw. He is a legit attraction. This show is trending number two right now on Google Trends. They haven't had a fight night trend. They haven't had a, a UFC event has not trended since Cormier and Miocic last month at UFC 252. That shows how much of a draw this guy is. And how many people were really looking forward to this fight. But he dominated them. And it, yeah. you, we all knew what the game plan was going to be. And I said this on the preview show. And it's Colby Covington to a T. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Takedown. Active on the feet. Look at what he did in the second round, Daryl. He outstruck. Was, I got it right here. And people are not going to like when I say when I do this here. Give me one second. I got it right. I got it right here. And this blew my mind away. In the fourth round, Colby Covington outstruck Tyron Woodley 113 to 2. 113 to 2, people. If that is not a one sided ass whooping. I don't know what is. And it just seemed like they they take down Daryl, even though yeah, people, oh, it's the first round. Come on, Steve. Daryl, me and you have been watching fights a long time. Boxing and MMA. Usually, you could usually people the first round can be okay, it's the first round, you know, feeling out that you know, okay. But in this instance, not at all. Not at all. And Covington's a better striker than people want to give him credit for. He outslugged Robbie Lawler. No one outslugs Robbie Lawler. Nobody. Back and forth fight with Kamara Usman. A great fight. A barn burner. One of the best fights of 2019. Went down to the fifth and final. A fight I had Covington winning. Covington could have coasted. And Covington would have won a split decision. He got stopped. Plain and simple. He got stopped. Kamar Usman was the better fighter. He stopped him. Came to retain the welterweight title. But he settled the score here. It came down to that takedown early on. More volume. And what you brought up. And I thought what you brought up. And it this was really. 
after everything with Covington, and we'll get more into Colby in a second. Tyron Woodley. Daryl, what the hell is going on with Tyron Woodley? It's it's a second straight fight that he just decides to not he has a game plan. Game plan doesn't go the way that he wants it to go in the first round. It's over. After that, he didn't he didn't adapt. He's passive. He's afraid of getting hit, which is something you can't be in the UFC when you got Covington. Even when you got Gilbert Burns, who proved it to you, he will be all over your ass. If all you're doing is you have your back to the cage, you're passive, and you're waiting for your opponent to strike. That's just a recipe for the Sasser. It's not something that Tyron Woodley is known for. And the fact that he did that, not only against Burns, but against Covington, knowing damn well that both of them are ranked in the welterweight division, both of them can be legit contenders. If you want to get back to that title picture, you had to prove something. And the only thing that you proved today is that you should hang the gloves. And Dana White already said it in the post-conference. It's time for him to start thinking about hanging the gloves. And you know what? After today, it's hard to argue against them. This is the second fight in a row that Tyron Woodley ended up on the mat because he was too passive. And today, it was a rib injury. Against Gilbert Burns, he got his ass whooped. He got, he got his out, ass He got, he got outstruck in the fourth round by 111 strikes. That is – you never hear that. Two strikes in one round. Two. Two. Think about that for a hot second. 113 to two, like you just said. And this is a this is a guy that that used to be the face of the welterweight division. And now at 41? 38. 38. 38. As I give him three, you don't want to get to 41. My bad. I, I think I'm thinking of somebody else. But at 38, he's still at 38. It's a tough – people don't give fighters enough credit for the, the stuff that they have to do to cut weight. The low, the older you are, the harder it gets. And Tyron Willey, you know what? He does it. He gets to the weight that he has to be. But at the age that he is, to cut weight, to do go put your body through everything that he has to go through and camp, to then show up and put that performance up, do you want to do it again? Do you want to come back, be passive again, and get steamrolled again? Is it worth it? That's the that's the point that Tyron Willie's at. You're spot on. Your assessment. You're one hundred and fifty percent correct here. And we got a lot of people bump jumping in, jumping in, jumping in. We, I, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Leave a question or comment. Let us know what you think about the show. Should Tyron Woodley retire? Daryl's of the essence. That it's he agrees with UFC president Dana White, and it's time for T Wood to hang him up. Do you guys agree with it? Yes, no, maybe so. I had it in the back of my mind leading into this fight. And it was one of those things I don't want to. He really didn't bring it up, and I kind of it was like a fleeting thought in my mind. Because you had to think. I thought it, and I know you did. I mean, I talked to plenty of other people in, the, in MMA that thought the same thing, that we were going to see a, we were going to see the Tyron Woodley that 
went on the run to get to become the welterweight champion. We didn't get there here. We haven't gotten it in a while. You look back a year ago, Daryl, the beginning of 2019, Tyron Woodley was the man. Yep. He was four, he was three oh and one, and since he had won the title, unbeaten in four fights, four consecutive title defenses, on his way to becoming one of the greatest welterweights of all time. And just the bottom fell out. And I know he's had a lot going on. He's had a lot of personal issues. I always say to people, you got to leave the personal stuff at the door. You got to focus on your job. And it's hard. You know, because we all have personal stuff going on in our lives. We all do. Good, bad, or indifferent. We all have problems. But he is a professional athlete. He's got to learn. He has to reel that in, and he's got to focus on the task at hand. If you lose fights, you're losing money, and you're losing a lot of other opportunities. And from what I was told going into this camp, his mind was clear. He had nothing going on. He was looking great in camp. But no, you hear this often. But I talked to some other people that are – fans of him that he does train with and they're like hey he in all honesty he looked great he looked like the tiger and that captured the welterweight title and then we see this performance tonight yep. you're spot on he got gun shy that takedown was the big key and i don't agree with a lot of what comes out of dana white's mouth but i think it's time i think it's time that tyron woodley what else do you gotta prove you're 38 years old and 38's not old. I'm 39. And about to be 40 in less than six months. I can under... It's not old from any stretch of the imagination. But he doesn't look like the same guy. It doesn't seem like he has that fire anymore. And if you can't have the fire to beat up your biggest rival, that shows me you don't want... He doesn't want it anymore. It's time to hang him up. If you can't, he can't, you can't get up for Colby Covington. I thought we'd see a more aggressive guy, even from the jump. We only saw it was very sporadic. It wasn't often we saw it. And it was like, and they, you had this corner, you had Duke Rufus, you had Dean Thomas, tell them, put the foot on the pedal. Then you're going in between rounds four and five, you hear Duke Rufus, you have to knock him out to win. Come on, let's go. You can't get up for that. I think it's time for. I think I think that is the last we will see of Tyrant Woodley in the cage. Do you think we see him again, Daryl? And then, or do you think, or do you think we he reevaluates, really looks at deep down inside of himself, and he tries to give it one more crack, or or is he done? Just the fan of me wants to say yeah, because I do want Tyrant Woodley to get a better ending than this. I don't want him to go out as a you know, somebody that get that got steamrolled two fights in a row. I'd rather see him, you know, go out like the way that Cormier did. He went out on, you know, on a, on a shield. That's how I want to see him out. But at the same time, I don't want to see a fighter get hurt just because he can't focus. Exactly. And that's that's the biggest thing here. His health over his pride, or not pride, 
over his reputation any day of the week. I'd rather see Tyron Woolley live up to until he's 70 years old or higher than get cut short because head injuries or whatever the case is because he doesn't he's not focused on a fight. This is a this is a sport that you can't be half-assed in. It's not. This boxing, you can't you can't half-ass it cuz you'll get exposed and you're going to get your ass kicked. And that's what happened tonight. This is the last sport you need to get in. You, you this is a sport you combat sports you have to be like you said, you got to be on. There's no, you can't like have a foot and a half. You can't have a foot. You have to be 100 and 150 percent in. He wasn't 150 in. Um, but what's next for Covington? It seems like he he's made it clear he wants to he wants another crack at Kamar Usman. They had a nice verbal sparring session back and forth during the post show. It's. It's going to be Usman and Burns next. After seeing them go at it, I have, and I always have. I, and this isn't a knock on Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns is a fan. I think Gilbert Burns is a very good fighter. But are you more interested in seeing Usman Burns, which is, from what I've been told, it's likely to take place at UFC 256 on December 12th. Or do you want to see Covington and Usman run it back? Because I know I want to see Covington and Usman run it back. And I know they're really keen on giving Gilbert Burns his opportunity. But no offense, really, to, no offense to Gilbert Burns, but he don't do shit for me. No, sorry, for I'm being honest. Journalistically and as a fan, he's boring. He's got no story. Why am I invested? I still don't have – there's no investment in him. There's no – because if you go into the buildup when he was supposed to face Usman at UFC 251, he's got no backstory. I'm not interested. Give me a reason of why to care. There was no reason to care. I would – I know that there's no story, but the way that I see this, I want to see two fights coming up next. I would, I would rather have Usman go against Burns right now, and have Covington versus Game Bread Masvidal. <laughs> That's the fight I want to see. You know why? Because we had Kamara Usman beat both Covington and Masvidal. Masvidal versus Covington, winner gets the crack at the champ. That's what I want to see. I'd rather see that. I'm in. Than cut giving Kobe Covington um outright title shot right off the bat and taking it away from Gilbert Burns because you already announced you already announced the fight for against Gilbert Burns. I get it. He's not the he's not the needle mover that a Masvidal Covington is, but at the same time, it's a fight that was announced before. It's a fight that got dropped because he got COVID, and it's a fight that some fans may want to see. And you know what? Let's do it. Let's have Covington Masvidal, and then, then maybe in the spring of 2021, maybe fans are allowed back in the stadium. You get one of the two against Kamara Usman for the title, and that's how you put your stamp 
on, hey, 2021, when fans are coming back to the stadium, we're going big. I think the only people that care about Gilbert Burns are his family, and that's about it. And his Brazil. Management. His management team, his training partners, and his family. Beyond that, no one gives a flying hoot about that's Gilbert. Fun. But yes, Covington did tell me earlier this week he would prefer to face Masvidal than fight for the title. Because he knows that's the money fight. It, it's no doubt the money fight. And the battle to be the A side, that's always intriguing. I think that's great. Because you know when it's Covington and Usman, Covington's the A side, even though Usman's the champion. No offense to Kamar Usman, but he's he's got a good story. But fans can see through the fakeness very easy. And this isn't a this is a knock on his personality. He's a hell of a fighter. He's the best Walter Waite in the world. There's no doubt about that. But he's pretty boring. He's pretty stale. People want to see Colby Covington. We're going to learn, and I said this before, we'll learn about Kamara Usman's drawing power and how much the fans really care when he faces off with Gilbert Burns at the end of the year. Let's get into... We're not going to go right into the co-main because... This was the other big thing of the show, and we put I even put it in the title. Kamzat <laughs> Shyamav. This kid is awesome. Seven. Not only did he only now when you see him, a fight ends in 17 seconds, Daryl. You're thinking, man, he must have thrown a lot of shots, must have knocked him down through a crack ton of shots. He must have taken him a couple times to knock him down. No. It took him one punch to knock down Gerald Mearshaw. After a leg kick, a thudding, a straight right hand right down the pike. Down with Mearshaw. Two punches on the ground. Boom, boom. Shake the room. Kamzet Shyamev. 17 seconds. This kid goes to 9-0. and He's 26 years old. His third victory in 66 days. Tied for the third quickest knockout in UFC middle, middleweight history. This kid is for real, man. Oh, yeah. This was his toughest test. Mirashat was 31-13 and coming in, a native of Wisconsin. The Cheesehead State. He showed why Wisconsin's a second-rate state. Shyamav put him out the pasture. He put him back on the farm. Oh, yeah. This kid's great. I'm sorry. This kid is great. Yes, he's 9-0. I know. He's won every fight by stoppage. I know. But come on. Daryl, you watch this kid fight. You texted me, right? You went, holy shit. We don't get a lot of holy shit moments in mixed martial arts. No. And that was one of them. Shit. What did you make of that performance by Kamsmet Shyamov? Shyamov is 
a stud. My God, as so, like I remember, I'm like, oh, this guy, this this match is this fight is gonna, and I keep calling the matches. I don't know why we've been talking too much wrestling lately. This fight. Hold on, hold on matches. That's, this fight. That's a match, technically. Okay. Uh, this fight was okay. actually something I was looking forward to, just because I've heard a lot about the kid. I've seen his previous two fights, and a seasoned veteran like Mirchat, Mirchat, I, I always butcher his name. Shyamev. It's not Shyamev, the other guy, MG3. Oh, Gerald Mirchat. Yeah. When you get MG3 going against Chimef, I was actually looking forward to a hard-hitting fight. I thought MG3 was going to give him, hey, this kid has been steamrolling through people. Let's see if he can, you know, get something going here. Let's see. Yeah, no, he he lit that up and set it on fire. One right hand is all it took. Just boom. And it wasn't even a one-two, like a dodge or anything like that. No, he just straight out faced him, popped it in his mouth. Good night, sir. Thank you for coming. You should check. Have a good night. Take care. Don't forget to take your coat on your way out. <laughs> it gets cold in Wisconsin from what I hear. It sure does. It gets cold in Illinois. We have no room to talk. It gets colder in Wisconsin, no, but um, didn't do anything said. of this. He threw a he threw a little leg kick and just applied the pressure. He stalked him, stalked him, stalked him. Got mirrored against the corner of the cage. <sighs> Straight right hand, boom, boom. Seventeen seconds. This kid is nine and zero. All of his wins via stoppage. He's got seven knockouts and two submissions. This when you get the power, when you get the power that that kid does, and that's something that I wanted to see. How how powerful is his punch? Guess what? It's pretty pretty ever powerful because that thing just dropped MG3 right off the bat, dropped him. And you know what? That he did exactly what he needed to do. He got a seasoned veteran as his opponent. He just went for the kill. That's you. That's all you have to do. When you have that power, when you have that discipline, when you have that accuracy, you go for the kill. You don't mess around. That's what he did. 17-second knockout. Even Kayla that was sitting next to me just goes, holy shit. He's – these are once-in-a-generational guys. These guys don't come around. They don't come around often. And – and he can fight at two weight classes. Think about that too. He can fight at 185. His next fight's at one time. He's already got his next fight. Look, he's already set. He'll be fighting Damian Maya next. So he'll be going down to 170. And this is that's a big test. We're gonna see now he's getting a contender. Top 10 contender. We're gonna see Mirashat was a good test. It was a good, a good solid veteran. Now he's getting a former two-time UFC title challenger, a jiu-jitsu ace, a ground wizard, a savant, some may say. So we're really going to see if he plows through Maya. I think he's two fights away. Yeah. 
I, you can't even make the case for one if you really want to really just shoot him up. He's he's trending on Google. The last I looked, he was number twenty at fifty thousand searches. Not bad. And I'm gonna check it again here right now, just uh just so we can just for argument's sake, we'll make sure he's still in there. But he was at fifty thousand searches as of right before we went on thirty four minutes ago. That shows me something. That shows me he's pretty good. He's got and he's got that. Like sneaky, cool charisma. He knows he's great. He knows he is. And he backs it up in the octagon, and he goes and kicks your ass. But that's a testament to him, though. Um, all right, let's get let's get to this right here. Donald, the co-main event. There was a co-main event. Donald Cerrone, Nico Price battle to a majority draw. This was a fun fight. It was back and forth. Each guy had their moments, but it all came down to two eye pokes in the first round from Nico Price. It was 29-27 for one judge hated for Cerrone and then two 28-28s. All Nico Price had to do, Daryl, was keep his fingers closed, and Nico Price wins a split decision. No. Nico Price was happy the fact he got a majority draw. I could I'm like I've never seen anyone so happy in my entire life to get a draw why would you be happy about a draw yeah Cerrone's a legend I get it but man I'd be pissed off because you should have he should have won the fight. Cerrone admitted it. Cerrone's like, I should be on a five-fight losing streak. That was bad. That's all on Nico Price. I actually had Cerrone winning the fight. I thought Cerrone did enough to win. I agreed with the 29-28, actually. I thought he won the second and third. Yeah. I wasn't very happy with the draw, but it is what it is. The majority draw, it is what it is. But it was a fun fight. But Nico Price, man, he royally screwed up. Nico Price, as soon as they announced the decision, he just looked like the happiest guy to be there. He's like, I'm here, guys. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? This is a guy that the highlight, the pre, um, you know how they always had the promo, the pre-promo for the fight. I was looking at this. I'm like, man, this guy is. If he if he can do something to Cowboy Cerrone right now, he can legitimately like cement himself as a, like a, a contender. Because Nico Price, when he gets you, he gets you. He's a very creative fighter, and Absolutely. that's not something that's not something you can say about a lot of guys. You can't describe a lot of guys as creative. This is one of the, I think, the only guy that has ever won by punching from below. I think he's the only one. I think I saw the stat during the fight, and I'm pretty sure that's that's how they phrased it. I'll take you. I'm when he got, yeah, he got a knockdown while he was on his back by punching. It was incredible. I'm, it's something that, and then you come in and see the eye poke. This, this whole 
hey, so I'm going to. I hate that. Keep anything that you're near the face. And it happened during the Covington Woodley fight, too. Yeah. I'm putting my fingers in your face. Don't know why. If you're going to be that close, just land the punch. Just go for it. There's no reason why you should put your palm in anybody's face in the middle of a fight at any point. And you could tell Cerrone was getting ticked off. He was like, dude, what are you doing? The second time. Cerrone didn't look very – because he kept following him. And Cerrone's just like, the fuck, man? I hate – you know, and he just had like that look like, damn, come on. And – I hit Cerrone winning. I think Nico Price should. Actually, you know what? Nico Price should be that elated because he should have lost. Yep. He should have lost. I, you know, in all honesty, he cost himself. At the end of the day, though, he cost himself the fight. I I honestly thought really that we saw we saw enough from Cerrone that he should have won the fight. I agree with you on that. The first judge had it correct. Yeah, I hit a 29-27 for Cerrone. And I just. This- this is something that I like seeing from, from Cerrone. We saw a glimpse of the old cowboy Cerrone, not not Donald. We didn't see Donald a lot. We saw cowboy. We saw a lot of cowboy tonight, I thought. Which is good after coming off that loss against McGregor, which, you know, that that kind of loss can shake a fighter's confidence, like confidence in the ring and everything like that. And yeah. a, a loss like that can end the career just because they lose focus. That's good to see out of Cowboy because he it looked like he got his focus back. He was in the fight the entire time. It looked like he was getting after it. A lot of spinning kicks, which is very un un cowboy like. I like the fact too he was going for takedown. Yep. Don't lay kicks. He has done the spinning back kicks a lot lately. But I like the fact that he he went for takedowns. That's how I, I was like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I like what we're seeing here from Cerrone. Because yeah. Nico Price was looking great in the opening two and a half minutes of that fight. And then Cerrone got and kind of gathered his wits about him. And then I thought he I thought he fought brilliantly. And I, it was a 9-9 first. And then I thought, you know, Cerrone got the takedowns. I would have wished he would have won for a couple more just to keep establishing that takedown and make Price really think more than he had to. But you know, Cerrone said he's going to take off the rest of the year. He, They got me, though, that post-fight interview. They did on the post-show. Cerrone's about to cry. He was talking to his little guy this morning. He's like, said he's a superhero. And, man, that stuff. As a dad, a father of two sons, and I miss my kids right now. I can't wait to see them tomorrow. But, it, man, that really, man, that got to me. That was some like grade A stuff there. And then you had Nico crying. You know, I miss my five kids, and they all told me today that they love me and they can, they're gonna watch and hope I win and they can't wait till I come home. He comes home, and I'm like, man, that's just then he's like, they're they're gonna run it back sometime because Cerrone said he's gonna take off the rest of the year and be with his family, ride snowmobiles and he wants to run that fight back, and I'm like, man, that was just – I'm going to take the journal, journalist head off for a second. That was just some cool shit. No. You don't get that raw that raw emotion from fighters like that because fighters are tough. 
boxing and MMA, they don't get like, you know this, Daryl. I know this. Everyone watching knows this. Man, it, it just gets to you. Because it shows the human side of these guys. And I just think that's just legit awesome. Yeah. They pull back the curtain. They're, t- they're showing you, hey, at the end of the day, whether you love them or you hate them, most of these guys have families at home that they all they want to do is get through this fight, and they just want to go home to the kids. Exactly. So that was no, but that man, that, I'm trying not to cry now because I miss my kids. But like I, you know, it was just fun to see, and, it, and like you said, I like I love the fact that it shows the human side. And I hope they run this back because I, like you said, the fight was very fun. Yeah. To see. I'd like to see it again. I would have no problem. That both guys were very open to it. Hopefully the UFC, they usually give Donald what he's really looking for. So I, I would think they would give him the fight again. All right, let's just kind of plow through this main card. The rest of the main card here. The card opened. The card opened with Kevin Holland. The main card opened with Kevin Holland defeating Darren Stewart by split decision. One judge had it 29-28 for Stewart. And then 2-29. 28s for Kevin Holland, three wins in a row for him. I thought a good, I thought a solid performance from Kevin Holland. I, he needs to work on his gas tank a little bit more. I feel like Stewart's a good fighter, and I've never really seen Darren Stewart fight. And I, I'm just seeing some highlights, and it was the first time I really I got to watch him fight. And I even in defeat, I hit a 29-28 for Holland. I had Holland winning the first two rounds, and then I had Stewart winning the third. I thought a good, a very good performance, a good performance for Kevin Holland. But the one thing Kevin Holland needs to work on, Daryl, he's got to work on that gas tank. He cannot, he cannot be that tired going into the third round when you're facing more. When you keep now, we're moving up the ranks at 185. That gas tank needs to be worked on. A good performance, but. It could have been a lot better. He's got to show that he can have the gas tank, and he's got to learn the stuff. Takedowns better. Darren Stewart, you, it was pretty close to a 10-8. If Stewart would have picked up the pace earlier in the third round, that could have been a 10-8, and that could have been the difference in the fight. Yeah. Uh, and, and Darren Stewart did – I was more impressed with Darren Stewart than I was with Holland. I'm not saying he won the fight, but I was more pleasantly surprised by him. Like, I already knew what Kevin Holland was. Like, yeah. he was, he's a guy that's going to get after it, and like you said, he's not going to have the biggest tank of gas in the entire fight. But the third round, he was tired, he was gas, you could tell, and it's something that I'm like, all right, we're used to seeing this. This, is not, this isn't anything new. He does need to improve that. But Darren Stewart actually showed me, you know what? This is a guy that if – if he improves a little bit more, if he gets, if he's able to be more disciplined, if he can get in there more against opponents, he could be a legit, you know, top ten contender in that one eighty five division. He can make some noise. He just needs to improve a little bit. But Kevin Holland, good dude, go do some cardio or something. You need to, you need to get that gas tank to be able to go five, five, like three five-minute rounds. Like, you need to get going. Because if something, if Stewart would have connected with a couple of those right-handed shots, he might have knocked you out. And that's not something you can't. You can't let your guard down because you're out of gas. 
that's something dangerous, especially in that 185 division. No, he's got some work to do. He's a prospect that can make a run, Kevin Holland. I think. I think with Darren Stewart, he just had to start better. He just didn't. He didn't. He was being a little too passive, and he was letting Holland, I thought, control the fight in the early going. And he started to pick it up in the second. They had a good little. They had a. In the later half of the first round, Stewart's finally started to get going a little bit. They, they had a pretty good slugfest there, right near the middle, right a little bit past the halfway mark of the opening round. But Holland was just more active. He was laying the harder shots. Stewart had the better wrestling and used it in the third round. They didn't get the 10 that he needed. But a good win for Kevin Holland. Darren Stewart just has to start better. And that's the thing. If you're going to be an elite guy, if you're going to try to get ranked, try to get into the top 10. He's going to have to do that. I don't see Darren Stewart as a top 10 guy. Maybe he can get there. Maybe I can be, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see that right now. I see it in Kevin Holland, but Kevin Holland definitely has to work on that gas tank. Then the stoppages started coming back. Mackenzie Dern defeated around the Marcos by submission via armbar at three minutes and 44 seconds in the first round. For some, for some, <laughs> you just stole it. Love you. You were very mad at this game plan by Ronda Marcos, and so was I. For some unknown reason, and I don't know why, Ronda Marcos had this bright idea of, hey, you know what? I'm going to try to go to the ground. Why in the hell would you initiate the ground attack against the best submission artist in all of women's MMA? What was what was Randa Marcos thinking here? Because it was just a matter of time. Mackenzie Dern was just tr- finding the right moment header in the triangle. Mark Marcos was able to slither out. She was trying for the armbar. Marcos, I have to out uh, give Randa Marcos credit. She was doing her submission defense wasn't bad, but it was you knew when she's trying to get. Then she tried the Kimura. Then she was trying to get the armbar again. Marcos was doing a good job, and then Mackenzie Dern just sunk in that arm under the armpit and bang, 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 bang. It's over. A great win for Mackenzie Dern. But before we talk about Mackenzie Dern and that great performance, what was Ronda Marcos thinking? <laughs> guys, guys, girls, everyone watching, leave a comment. Leave a question. Tell us what in the heck Ronda Marcos was thinking because she really wasn't thinking. She's a good wrestler. I will give Ronda Marcos that. She's a good wrestler. But when you're trying to play chess – but you don't have the king or queen in your hand, in your possession, on the board. You're going to get stopped. And that's exactly what happened here. She got checkmated by the queen, the queen of submissions, the queen of jiu-jitsu, the queen of the ground attack. And it was adios to Mio, Ronda Marcos, and Mackenzie Dern with another submission victory. It was... And I texted you, I think I texted you right away. I was like, what the fuck is she doing? As soon as they went to the ground, I'm like, what 
the fuck is Marcos doing? Why is she going to the ground against Mackenzie Dern? I immediately, as soon as Mackenzie Dern was walking into the ring, into the octagon, I was telling everybody that I was with, I'm like, if if Mackenzie gets this on the ground, it's over before you. Sorry. And as soon as Ronda started it, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, who designed this game plan for you? Like, was it you? Was it the coach? Like, what are you doing? Mackenzie Dern is above and beyond a better submission specialist than you are. She managed to turn anything that you tried to do to her on the ground and made it her own and basically made you you put yourself in that situation. There was no going out of it. No chance in hell. It was the worst. And I texted you this. I'm like, there's a reason she's unranked. And he replied, no, there's a reason that she's 10-10. And, and I'm like, you know what? Good point. Good point. She beat herself. You were right, too. You were, you were spot on, too. Yeah. You so were 110%. There's a reason she she's that way. And you know what? Mackenzie Dern, a, a true, a true like, star, took advantage like, and saw, you know what? Thank star. you very much. Let me break your arm right now. Done. Adios. Good night. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and we're not going to. I wonder if that will be the last we see of Randy Marcos. You look at Mackenzie Dern, nine and one, six wins by submission. Back to back wins. So after suffering her first loss against Amanda Rebus back in October of 2019. You look at Mackenzie Darren, four and one in the UFC. That's nothing to be shy about, especially now she's ranked number 15 in a very sneaky loaded women's strawweight division led by Zhang Wale. You got looks like it's gonna be her and Rose Namahunas next. You got Jessica Andrade, you got Tatiana Suarez, you got Yuana Janjacek, Nina Ansaroff, Carla Sparza, you got Michelle Waterson, who had a big win. Last week, you got Claudia Gadela, you got Angela Hill. I wouldn't mind, man, I think Dern's going to crack probably, it's going to be 11 or 12. Wouldn't mind maybe seeing Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres, I don't think that's a bad fight. Maybe Marina Rodriguez, I don't think that'd be a bad fight as well. She's going to get a top 10 fight next. It's just more a matter of who Mackenzie Dern's going to face next. It's going to be a top 10 opponent. We're going to learn a little bit more here about Mackenzie Dern because she should get a top 10 opponent next. Yeah. I think that's she's ready. I know people don't think so, but I think I think she's ready for a top 10 opponent. Okay. All right, let's get to the other fight we did not discuss. Light heavyweight action. Johnny Walker gets back on track. First round TKO at the two minute and forty three minute two minute and forty three second mark of the first round. Man, this fight was fun. They're playing some rock'em sock'em robots. Span Span rocked Walker twice. Hand him in mount. Knocks him down on the right hand. Hands him in mount. A credit to Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker slid out. It got back to the feet. Span drops him again with the right hand. And 
Ryan Spann, for some reason, tried for a takedown, and Johnny Walker just went and did some work. Some beautiful hammer fists. And ended up that ended up being the deal. Series of hammers. It looked like Spann was out at one point, but Spann kept trying to go for the takedown. The barrage continued. And Johnny Walker gets a back, gets a much, much, much needed win. A big win for Johnny Walker. A fun for two minutes and 43 seconds, Daryl. That was a very fun fight. Let me ask you this. I I want to get your thoughts on this real quick before I, I talk about this fight. Did Johnny Walker win or the spam cost itself the mat, the fight? Oh, I thought spam. I thought he cost himself the fight. Agreed. Because he when they were when they were upright, he was going shot by shot. He was landing some good shots on Walker. And then he goes for that takedown and Walker, all he has to do, hold him down and just keep hammering down. That's it. I heard all the coaches complaining, hey, he's hitting him in the back of the head. I'm like, I don't see that. That's side of the head right there. That's a clean shot. And I'm like, what what is Spam thinking here? And as soon as I'm like, okay, he's out. Walker got lucky. Like, I don't – I like Walker. I think he has a lot of room to improve. But I don't think in that division he can be – he can be up there. In my opinion, if he goes against a higher opponent, like a like a top ten opponent, he's gonna get ransacked. If he goes with that approach that he had today, I agree. I think he got lucky. I agree with Richard McPhee here saying, and I'll put it up here because he's not wrong. Richard McPhee Walker got lucky. He's not, you're not wrong, Richard. Good to see you, my friend. He's not wrong, though. No. He's not, he's not wrong at all. Johnny Walker got extremely lucky. Johnny Walker should not have won that fight. He shouldn't have. Let's just call it like we see it. I know people are going to be like, oh, you know, what a valiant comeback by Johnny Walker. It was a great comeback. I'm not going to deny that at all. He got rocked and was near being stopped and losing his third fight in a row when basically the, all the hype the all the hype from Johnny Walker would be here and gone. But a testament to Johnny Walker, he did bounce back. It came from Stan, I think, for some unknown reason, going for a takedown when he had he had Walker dead to rights. Another guy, another fighter on this card who did not have the smartest game plan. A couple on this main card, we had some fighters not with smart game plans. Randy Marcos was one. Tyron Woodley was another one. And then right here with Ryan Spann. Just not not the smartest game plan set there by Ryan Spann. But Johnny Walker got the win. Johnny Walker gets back on track. Gets the stoppage. And hey, you can't you can't take that away from me. Gets back on track. He'll likely crack the top ten. But now the question is, what do you do with Johnny Walker? What do you do with him? He already beat the guy ahead of Omisha Sirkinov. He got stopped by Nikita Krylov in his last fight. Anthony Smith just lost. It's like, what do you do? Maybe 
Jiri Koshizako. That would be a fun fight. Maybe they go there. Maybe Alexander Rakic. He beat Anthony Smith at the end of August. Maybe that's the route they go with Johnny Walker, but a good win for Johnny Walker, a good way to get back on track. Let's do the fight night bonuses really quickly because we didn't go over those. No fight in the ninth. The performance bonuses, which was pretty cool. Kamzat Shimev, Mackenzie Dern, Randy Costa, and Damian Jackson. Damian Jackson, a beautiful. Took the fight on three days' notice. Defeated Mirasad Bekic by third-round submission due to a guillotine choke at 121 of the third round. Lost the first two rounds. It was a beautiful how he did it. He got him in the guillotine slickly. Rolled into an inverted guillotine and made Bektich tap out. I thought a beautiful submission by Damian Jackson. And then Randy Costa, the third fight on the card, highly touted prospect. 41 second KO, a beautiful right hand, sent sent, uh, Jeremy Newsome packing. A great win for Randy Costa. Those are your fight night bonuses. Each guy gets $50 million. And let's end as we wrap up. And with the SmackDown ratings, SmackDown ratings slid a little bit. The overnights did come in earlier on Saturday, averaged 1.94 million viewers, the lowest total since July 14th, went down about 300,000 viewers. Hour one, 1.922. The second hour, Good increase, climbed 3.3% to 1.986 million viewers. It's the first time the overnight viewership for SmackDown has been below 2 million viewers since the debut of the Thunderdome. 0.03 in the 18 to 34 demo, same as last week, but it topped all of network television as no other show did above a 0.2. In the key 18 to 49 demo, SmackDown averaged a 0.5 rating, down 16.7% from last week. But it was the top mark out of all the networks. So that is good news for SmackDown. The rating was down, but there was an increase from hour one to hour two, Daryl. So I take that as a good sign, Daryl, that people are still very, very much invested in the Bailey-Sasha Banks program and then the title program with Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Yeah, agreed. And like I said, like I've been mentioning for you know for the past like two three weeks, Bailey and Sasha Banks have been the 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 main focal point of the show. They've been the like the top stars. Everybody's invested on this rivalry because they they've been doing it correctly, and it's it's something that it's attracting viewers. They want to see it. They announced Sasha Banks returning, getting a promo. In my opinion, I was shocked to see that the ratings were actually lower than last week just because i thought that this show was going to have a little more more character development you know you had sasha banks coming back to discuss you know what bailey did to her you had roman reigns in the samoan street fight he was actually gonna fight and not show up mid-fight and decide you know what i'm just gonna spear somebody take the win go home so i'm a bit surprised that it that it did you know Go lower than the last week, but at the end of the day, it's WWE. Nothing surprises me anymore. 
No, I agree with you. I'm I was very surprised this rating wasn't um higher than it was. I thought it would either stay the same or I thought it wouldn't have went up a tick, but I am very surprised because because of what you said, they hyped it all over on Sunday during NFL last Sunday. So I thought this rating would have been a little higher. WWE actually did a really good job promoting the Bailey Sasha Bank stuff. So the promotion was there. I'm very surprised that rating was a little lower. Maybe there's something we got to maybe keep our eye on here. Let Maybe it was just a blip. The NBA, the Lakers were on last night, so maybe the basketball game had something to do with it. I know the NBA was on. So well, maybe it was just an aberration. Let's just knock out these comments here really quickly. We got a few. I don't know what this means. I The avatar is kind of funny. Top 2012 KEK. Black ribs matter. Hey, I love ribs. I bought, man, I bought some awesome ribs today. Really? From um, Jewel. Out of all places to have good ribs. Jewel. Good wings too. You know what? I keep hearing that. And for the second time in a row that I've been, I was actually allowed the grocery shop. It's the second time in a row, Daryl, that I seen the wings. And I, I told myself again, I'm like, man, I got to go back. When I'm getting ready to go in to check out, I got to go grab wings. And Daryl, I let myself down. I forgot again. I realized wings, it, oh, that's what I heard. My buddy, one of one of my bu- good buddies, because I was talking to him, he's like, hey, did you get the wings? And I'm like, dude, I got home and realized I forgot them, and I was not in the mood to go back. I went and took a nap because I knew this was going to be a good long day. Um, all right, Greg Coleman. Greg, thank you for leaving a comment. Woodley is done. Time to go be an actor and a rapper. Greg's not wrong. I think it's. I think we're going to see Tyron really go back more into acting, and, I, and he's got a budding music career. So I think that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to do. Uh, Richard McPhee. Richard, thank you for leaving a comment. Cerrone looks old. See. I agreed. I thought he looked old in the McGregor fight. I thought from part of the Pettis fight at UFC 249, I thought he looked old. But in round three of that fight, I thought he looked like the old cowboy. And then you brought it up there. I thought he looked like the old cowboy in this fight. I thought he looked pretty good yeah. in this fight. Um, an interesting comment from Richard. This type of competition is a step down for Cerrone. Richard's not wrong, and this isn't a knock on Nico Price. Nico, Nico Price is four, was 4-4 four and four in his last eight heading into this fight. You can make that case. And it wouldn't be a wrong one. You really wouldn't. But the one thing you could, you could always say about Nico Price, he's a very exciting fighter. And I, that was the sole purpose of making this fight, from what I was told. So, step down. Do you agree with that, Daryl, or? No, I don't. I like Nico Price. I feel like that it was a good match for for Cerrone. It was a good test after the McGregor fight. Um, you needed you needed Cerrone to be either you match him up with good competition, or you get him back in the win column. This almost accomplished both because Nico Price is a legit competition for somebody like Donald Cerrone right now. And you know what? A draw 
It was an entertaining fight. It showed the cowboy can still do do his thing, and it accomplished everything that he needed to accomplish. I don't think it was a step down. So. Matt Ward, thank you for leaving a comment, sir. The raw emotional promos are good to see in UFC. Spot on. Help sell. Get gets you emotionally invested in the guys. I'm more emotionally invested now in Nico Price than I was 24 hours ago, or even before he walked to the octagon. I'm now invested in Nico Price, and that was because of that promo. All right, comment from Richard Woodley's gun shy. Needs to see a sports psychologist or retire. He is hard to watch and seems to be regressing. The sports psychologist thing is interesting. We already talked about the gun shine thing, but what are your thoughts, Daryl, on athletes going to see sports psychologists? I mean, it's not, it couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt anybody. If, if you feel like, hey, you're tired, you're exhausted from – because sports, professional sports can't get tiring. It can cause a strain in, in, the, in the brain and everything because it's a lot to handle. It's a lot of – off the field, out of the octagon, out of the cage, out of the ring. It's a lot of stuff to deal with. You got to worry about your public image. You got to worry about, you know, fighting. You got to worry about training, cutting weight, staying in shape, all this stuff. It's tiring. It gets stressful. It's overwhelming. Sports psychologists, some people need it. And you know what? Tyron Woolley might be a guy that this would benefit him. But at the same time, it might just be time for Tyron Woolley to call it a career. As for, not sure. I'm personally like, listen, if you think you need it, if you even have a thought about needing it, do it. Just because the thought of it is already there, you might as well just steer into this kid. Oh, that's a very good point. Let's go to, I'm just posting because this is funny. Richard McPhee, Randa Marcos, bet herself to lose by submission. First of all, data is illegal. She would be fired, and she would be banned for life if that happened. But it is funny, though. I wanted to pull that because I just thought it was funny. And it's only if, okay, if you're a fan and you, you were watching that, you can honestly, you if you watch that fight, that's a case you can honestly make, Daryl. Because why would you, like we said earlier, why would you do that against the best women's BJJ grappling pr- practitioner in the sport? Why would you do that? I gotta tell you, <laughs> I mean, you laughing about the stupid, about, and I like Randa Marco. I want to. I want to make this perfectly clear. I've talked to her in the past. Very good interview. Very, very nice. I loved her on tough. I respect every fighter that enters the cage and enters the ring. Yeah, but this was some first class stupidity. It was. Um, it was low, low fighting IQ. Yeah, the IQ there wasn't. Talking about men, this is kind of what we were. This is an interesting comment. Johnny Walker is overrated. I remember people saying he was the John Jones killer. That is true on the latter part. Is Johnny Walker overrated, Daryl? 
Because you've got to remember, now he's at SBG, Ireland. Head coach John Cavanaugh, the home of Conor McGregor. Is Johnny Walker overrated, as Richard McPhee insinuates here? No, I think he's right where he's at, like he should be. He just needs to improve some things. Like I said, Johnny Walker is, in my opinion, he's a guy on the rising. You can't be overrated when you're still going up. The only reason you're over, you know, if you turn overrated is because everybody's like, oh, yeah, we're going to throw you out, out against John Jones. You're the John Jones killer. You know, we're, we're basically strapping a rocket to your back and watching you fly. The way that UFC is having him fight these guys, they, in my opinion, he's fighting lower guys and they're trying to build them to make him look good. I don't think he's overrated. I think he has a lot of potential. I just think he needs a lot more improvement than he already does. And the improvement is not in his physical aspect of things. He has great size. He has great skill. He just needs to start thinking better. Because if you look at Johnny Walker, he's 17-5. and He's got 16 wins via stoppage, 14 by knockout, and 2 by submission. That's nothing to really sneeze at. No. But I can see where, where people can make where people can make that legit case that maybe he isn't as good as we're as we're making him out to be here. Cause you you really you gotta look at all his wins. This guy came out like a ball of fire. Four wins in a row, four knockout wins in the first round. And you had none of those fights lasting two minutes. When you look at that, you got a guy with four straight wins by knockout, all in under two minutes' time. The hype is there. The hype, and you're thinking, okay, the hype is real. You're plowing through guys. But then he faced his first legit contender and got blasted out by Corey Anderson. And, and you know, and Corey Anderson, I think, is a very good fighter who I don't think's getting enough credit here. You know, and then the loss to Kreloff, and you know, there were a lot of questions here for Johnny Walker. And Johnny Walker, lucky or not, he did get the win at the end of the day. I don't think he showed he showed he can take a punch. He showed that he had good takedown defense. So I I take those as positives in this situation. And did he get a little too much hype to begin with? I think so. I think he got fast-tracked, and he wasn't ready for prime time yet. That doesn't mean Johnny Walker won't be a world champion. Johnny Walker's got charisma. He show, he's got knockout power. He's got two things that you need to succeed. You have to have the charisma, and you have to have knockout power. You can't win decisions and become a superstar. You have to get finishes to become a superstar, and you have to have that innate charisma that not many people have. I think Johnny Walker's got that. But we got to see now, are they, what are they going to do with Johnny Walker? I think is going to be the key next. Hopefully, Daryl, the UFC just doesn't hot shot him and put him, try to vault him straight up again. Give him a fight around his ranking 
and let him go from there. Maybe a fight with Anthony Smith. I wouldn't even be opposed to that. Maybe they can run this fight back. I don't know. But I wouldn't put Johnny Walker back in prime time yet. I don't think he's ready. All right, let's go. We got two more. Actually, we'll end with this because I promised this yesterday. Did you watch Impact today, Steve? I did not. This was a weird day for me, Daryl. I actually woke up when I wanted to wake up. I woke up at 7.30. My whole plan was I was going to get up. I was going to shower. Take dogs out. Eat my breakfast. I was going to go to the grocery store. I was going to come home and I was going to paint my garage. I was going to surprise my wife and paint the garage. 7 o'clock turned into 7. I woke up at 7.30. I looked at my phone and I went back to sleep till 8.45. Threw off the whole rest of my day. And then I couldn't get my fat butt out of bed. I didn't get out of bed until a little bit after 9. Did all the things I said. I didn't. Yeah. So, no, I did not. When I finally got to the grocery store, got home, unloaded the groceries, I ate lunch. It was like 1.30. I had to start working for you. You know what I did, Daryl? I took a nap. I don't remember the last time I took a nap, but it felt pretty good. Catching up on that sleep. I needed it, man. So I took a nap, and that was that. So, no, I will see they're coming home early tomorrow, Daryl. Leaving at, like, 10. So they're going to be home by, like, 1. Got to – that garage isn't getting painted tomorrow, so I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep for it because I'm going to need it. I'm going to have two children. My 4-year-old already told me he's running me ragged tomorrow. So hmm. it's going to be a busy day. Before we go, Bears win tomorrow, yes or no? Yeah. I love you, and that's why I love you. I Score? I had it at, I think it was 35 to 21. Look at you, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll go, I like that 35. I'm going to go 35-17. We'll see what happens. But we do both agree that the Bears will win tomorrow. And that will be the end of this for today. Man, a great podcast. Thank everyone for watching. It really means a lot. Thank you so much. Watching via YouTube. We get, Watch the YouTube channel, the Walkway to Fight Club YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel. It's not hard, guys. We're getting a, The subscribers are ticking. We're getting a good up. It's getting a good uptick. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment for the video and give the video a thumbs up. Watch If you watch it via Facebook Live, give a reaction to the video. Like the Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook and also follow the podcast page as well. We're on Twitter at Walkway Fight. And the Walkway to Fight Club has an Instagram. It's the Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Daryl, how can the fans find you on the Twitter machine? Uh, right here, DYBodyGo21 on Twitter. Instagram is Daryl17Rivera. Also, on the YouTube and Facebook links, don't forget to share those too. Friends, families, enemies, don't forget to share us. Enemies. We don't got no enemies. Oh, well, you probably do. Hey, any, a- any, v- any views you can get, I don't care. <laughs> I always say, 
any type of press is good press. And if even if you don't like my happy ass, come and you're coming to watch me. Thank you. You're. <laughs> I like your shirt, by the way. Thank you. And I'm jealous of the Under Armour hat. I got I this for like five bucks. I can't find good Under Armour hats. I really can't. I really can't. Like, they got awesome clothes. Like, their golf clothes are amazing. I don't know if you have Under Armour golf clothes, but they make some mean, mean uh, golf clothes. They really do. I got a couple pairs of shorts. got a couple golf shirts. Very, very solid. Under Armour is pretty pretty slick there, I have to admit, in terms of their golf apparel. And their, uh, their hoodie games, the hoodie game and the sweatpants game, Under Armour is top notch. The entire rock. Project Rock is fantastic. Their shoes are amazing. My wife bought me the sandals. Oh, my God. My feet feel so good. (laughs) They feel so good. I love Dwayne Johnson just for the fact that he makes a badass sandal. Before we we go, did you see his Instagram post the other day? Which one? The one that he ripped his uh, front gate (laughs) out of socket. Now, I... You're not going to find, like, my wife's made this abundantly clear to me. I don't know how your girlfriend is about this. But Lynn has told me, she's like, if if Dwayne Johnson came knocking on my door, it's see you later. I, I, have, I would have to respect that. Same. Because when you look at him and then you look at me, I'm first world handsome. But that man is on another level. I have element. I got a man crush on Dwayne Johnson. I smell what the rock is cooking. I want to be the guy, man. <laughs> oh, oh my God. He's he just oozes greatness. Yep. You look at him and it's like, man, I love you. I have a I'll admit, I got a man crush on Dwayne Johnson. I, and Liz <laughs> said to me, she's like, if it's you and him. I'll sign the papers. I'll give you half the money and I'll give you the house. I'm like, well, the house is my name's first on the on the mortgage. And yes, I will we did not sign a prenup, so I will take half your money. But I'm like, I told her, I'll take half your money. I'll take the alimony. Because you're in half Dwayne's money. So it's not a big deal. I can accept that. I can accept all that money. I'd be more than okay with that. Maybe I can even con Dwayne into giving me an allowance just for being the father to my beautiful, my two beautiful children. But he is. But my question is, why didn't he just hop the gate? I guess he needed to bring the truck in. I just, I don't understand. Because I was having this conversation with my neighbor. We were talking about it yesterday, and he's like, he asked me that, and I'm like, I just don't. Because he brought it up first, like, why didn't he just hop the gate? I'm like, because I was impressed the fact he ripped it, like he just tore it off. Yeah. I'm like, but then he brought it up, he's like, well, why didn't he just hop the gate? I'm like, he could have saved himself a lot of time, and he could save himself a lot of money. But he had a movie. He had a movie shoot. Yeah, I don't think money is an issue in the Johnson household. Plus, I could just picture. I could just picture him 
literally like the gate's not opening. He tries this little trick that didn't work. He says, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> I got to do the shoot. People in the, on the other side of the fence are like, did, did he just? <laughs> did like, he just... just really do that? I was like, I see like this picture of a gate on the ground and you see like the hydraulics and the springs and all everything. I'm like, then I'm like I... reading the article and I'm like, he ripped the damn thing off. I thought it was like an inspirational thing. It's like, don't forget to break through the barriers or whatever the case is. Don't let any gate stop you. No, it's just him letting us know that he casually just ripped off the front gate of his house. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Christ, that was phenomenal. I never even thought of that. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I I showed my buddy that. The, the the whole catching thing, like, dude, you know how the how great the rock is, right? He's like, yeah, like, well, read this, and he's just like, what the fuck? Life isn't fair, man. <laughs> now, does this bring his coolness to another level based on the fact that he did this? Because for me, one million percent. Hell yeah. I always thought The Rock was the coolest guy on earth right now. Oh, yeah. This just puts him at God level of awesomeness. Like, <laughs> he was here. Now he's, like, here. Maybe even here. And I, I don't want to hit my hand on the ceiling fan. But it's that, just. That would, that would hurt. Then you would have to rip. You rip would the have ceiling to fan off and throw it out the window. And just throw it out the window or you would. Yeah, you would just have to throw it out the window and pray to God you don't hit a car. I mean, I live in a third floor, so I'm like, screw it. Or hit a person. You don't want to do that, though. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, though. I almost, threw a ca- I almost threw a couch out of the third floor. <laughs> we had this recline, this double, this love seat recliner. Both seats, were, both sides of the seat were recliners, and it was heavy because it was all iron on the bottom of this couch. Okay. And we're in the third story building. We're on the third floor. I'm like, the, the stairs are too narrow. It couldn't fit. So we had to like stop, move it, twist it. And this yeah. is heavy as sin. I, get I just wanted to <laughs> go in the balcony and just throw it. I'm like, screw it. Let's just throw it. And alas, the smarter, the smarter of the, of the relationship, Kayla decided, let's not do that. You an idiot because we don't want to kill somebody. Oh, Kayla, you make sure no one's there and then you just chuck the damn thing. I got it. I did it from the second floor. She was thinking of the the balcony in the second floor because that thing could have like twisted and caused damage. I'm like, all right, fair point. (sighs) Women with common sense. Boo. I did it from a second floor. (sighs) Me and my buddy did that he we just i'm like because it was like that same thing where you would have had to like twist and turn and try to do like 14 different things and i'm like dude this ain't happening just throw it what do you want to do i'm like we're just chucking it then just looked and i'm like honey this is getting chucked and i've done it before she's like i'm like i paid like i got the couch 
from like a garage sale. So I didn't give a flying hoot about the stinking couch. You know, we lost Aaron. I'm like, you know what? Pow! Luckily, I didn't hit anybody. All right, let's go. And we got two more comments here. We'll read these really quickly. Bro, talk about Covington and Woodley from Mohammed Amir Shaikh. Mohammed, you're a little late, my friend. We talked about that a little while ago. But no, I was, replay. I was just saying. I told Lynn, I'm like, I'm chucking it. And she looked and she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I bought the couch at like a garage sale for like 300 bucks. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of poor. I owned a condo and I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I don't care about the couch. I just need something to sit my butt on for now. Like I'm not I'm waiting like five weeks for freaking furniture. I'm like, I'll at least have this for now. Yeah, I'm choking it. <laughs> Hell no. We'll end with this because this makes me feel happy. You're the best combat. Look at this. You're the best combat sports reporter and podcast. Awesome show. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Richard, for all the comments and questions and the kind words to jack up my ego bigger than it already is. But no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. And with that, that is it for today. Don't forget, we already went through how you can find the show. But this show will be up tomorrow. This will be up already on Sunday morning. I will have this up very shortly. I'll just do a little quick edit, and then this show will be up. We're available on all the podcasting platforms. Google, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, all your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm going to put up the Colby Covington interview tomorrow morning. It's going to be up on YouTube. It's going to be up on – actually, you know what? Yeah, it's going to be up on YouTube, and it'll be up on the audio version as well. He says a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, the interview took place earlier this week, but he said some interesting stuff about Donald Trump, and he said some interesting stuff about Jorge Masvidal that I want you guys to definitely take a listen to. I, one of Colby coming – one of my – and I love Colby as an interviewer. He, he makes my job easy. He's That's why one of the reasons I like him as an interview because he makes for good podcasts. It makes for good articles. And based on our traffic this evening, people want to hear us talk about Colby Covington. So, yeah. but no, thank you guys so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. We will be back Monday with a review of Monday Night Raw. We got some cool stuff coming up this week, some cool interviews, a cool podcast that me and Daryl will be doing this week, which I'm pretty excited about, and that's going to be pretty cool. But for the handsomest man in the room, D.Y. Daryl Rivera, I am Stephen Milhausen. We'll see you guys Monday night. Peace. We're out of here.